0: 11, 2020. This is the All-American Podcast, and I'm your host, Paul Seawright. Today I want to talk to you about the return to homesteading and starting your own medicinal garden. This is a great trend that is growing in popularity and a great way to take your health into your own hands. This podcast, of course, celebrates America and its traditions, two of which are individual liberty and self-sufficiency. While the progressives of America seek to change our traditions and way of life in pursuit of a socialized system of central authority and public dependency, a large number of people are becoming ever more fed up with this horrible trend. And I am happy to say that it looks like a good portion of Generation Z, not all of them, of course, but a good portion of them, of Generation Z, the youngest generation, They are up-and-coming conservatives or libertarians, and this is an excellent trend. They see their socialist and Marxist millennial predecessors and the institutions pushing the absurd doctrine of political correctness. They see these folks and institutions as lunatics, as lazy, as unscientific, and as herd animals, and they want nothing to do with these people. They also seem to value liberty in ways that were really quite unpredicted since they have been subjected to the same indoctrination as millennials. It's a strange and unexpected development, but it is such a welcome development. I believe that the cyclical generational change we are experiencing will eventually result in return to liberty and self-sufficiency for most people in America. People are simply fed up with increasing authoritarianism, particularly as we see governors and mayors across the country absolutely destroying the civil rights of the people, an unprecedented power grab. This sucker is getting wound up way too tightly, and it's about to pop. And when it does, watch out. Our society is going to be completely reset, and it may be a painful process, but it is a good thing. The generational turn we are entering into is thankfully leading to a return to the conservative values of liberty and self-sufficiency. A move towards self-sufficiency is becoming accompanied by a move towards homesteading. Homesteading has become extraordinarily popular in the last five years, as a new breed of liberty-minded individuals have fled and continue to flee, in droves I might add, the control grid of major population centers to reclaim their freedom and independence. They are tired and fed up with a system prevalent in the big cities that seeks to control and dominate the individual and destroy traditional values. The liberty-minded are saying enough of this and are moving out. This is really quite exciting and we should support those looking to become more self-reliant. Those who move out to become more self-reliant are more likely to support politicians that stand for freedom, and this helps all of us. They are likely to reject the pathetic nanny-state style of governance that seeks to dominate and control the individual. I want you all to remember this. If you aspire to be free, and you move to claim your plot of land out in the country somewhere to become more self-reliant, and then you decide to vote for progressive politicians. Know this, the freedom from rules, regulations, and taxes you are seeking will be utterly destroyed, quickly and completely. It continues to blow my mind that people never seem to make this connection. Voting for a liberal is voting against individual liberty, plain and simple. You will not be permitted to be self-sufficient. You will be forced into the grid and into the matrix of rules, regulations, and high taxes. Homesteading is the ultimate in self-sufficiency. Don't ruin it by voting for those who want to force you back into dependency. It's really clear to me that for the near term, the cities are completely lost to a socialist collectivist mindset where people believe in submitting to authority for some perceived greater good. By necessity, to have a more centralized authoritarian system. These population centers crush our individual liberties to force cultural and soon enough economic Marxism on we the people. So if you value your freedom, you pretty much have to leave to a more rural area to find it, ideally to a red state that doesn't have too many big cities. The masses that live in the cities are way too brainwashed By the now nearly useless education system, brainwashed to worship centralized political control and to embrace collectivism to the detriment of every single free man and woman in the country. Thus, the homesteading movement has been reborn. So what exactly is homesteading? Well, in the original sense, Homesteading is how the western United States was settled by Americans moving into the western territories and establishing remote, self-sufficient homes far away from the population centers in the eastern part of the country. The people who settled these lands had to provide for nearly everything themselves, from food and medical care to self-defense, because there were no markets, there were no doctors, and there were no smiths. They were only few and far between until towns started to slowly emerge where homesteaders would be in somewhat close proximity it was a challenging existence but an exhilarating one for many who took on the challenge of settling the west <laughs> it required toughness and a fierce spirit of independence to be on one's own far away in unfamiliar lands facing the uncertainties of life without any support system anywhere nearby So now we have a modern homesteading movement, which is in many ways emulating the movement of the 1800s. Of course, it won't be as challenging as it was back then, but in some ways, it's tougher than a lot of people think. In the modern sense, homesteading is a movement whereby urban dwellers are leaving the cities to settle in more rural areas to establish a self-sufficient lifestyle, which includes providing for their own food, And we see, of course, there are many who have their own livestock and chickens. And, of course, they all pretty much have fruit and vegetable gardens. They're providing for their own electricity, in many cases, using solar or wind power. And they have their own water supply that they manage with wells and pumps and filters. It also often means homeschooling children, getting them away from the indoctrination plantation, that is, the public school system and the urban education complex. It's a movement to disengage from the matrix of control that runs our major metropolitan areas. You see, free thinkers and the self-sufficient cannot fit happily into that control grid. It just isn't possible. That control grid seeks to control our thoughts, money, speech, property, health, our very essence of being, and it takes away our spirit of independence. The controllers who run the large urban population centers They believe they own you, and they want nothing more than total power and control over every aspect of your life. So many people have decided to bail out of urban society and find their slice of freedom and independence, those truly American values that are all but completely gone in America's big cities. People who like to be self-sufficient are leaving those cities and moving to rural areas because of the erosion of civil liberties food quality, the destruction of traditional family values, especially those regarding marriage and family life. Of course, the implosion of the education system, the public schools are just horrendous and many private schools are just as bad. There's of course, the corrupt culture of political correctness that is destroying our language and forcing people into an Orwellian hellscape where they can't think or act freely. It's just a painful quality of life in general with long commutes and high taxes and fees for everything. I mean, just try making repairs or additions to your house to see what the nanny state control freaks have in store for you as you go through their planning, permitting, and approval processes. It's ridiculous. Rules, regulations, fees, and taxes are set to suck dollars from us and send them to the state for nearly every human activity you can think of Living in a large urban area means you will be nickeled and dimed to death. And of course, it goes without saying, but high crime is also a problem in the large urban areas, since government officials have created both the policies and the conditions that lead to economic despair, as well as dependency and a culture of irresponsible behavior and moral hazard. Erosion of other values, such as religion, is occurring because popular culture and education institutions and media and politicians and even churches themselves have turned against traditional Christianity. People of the Christian faith, I just have to to speak to this for a minute, people of the Christian faith are often told that they are racist, misogynist, hateful people, while other religions, no matter what their traditions or teachings are, get a total pass. This is interesting because 65% of Americans, the overwhelming majority, consider themselves to be Christian, so why all the hate? But as soon as any church in question becomes apostate, popular culture, education institutions, media, and politicians seem to embrace it leading to the destruction of the church and its values. Other religions get to hold their values without challenge, however. As an interesting footnote, in 1990, think about this, in the year 1990, 85% of Americans considered themselves to be Christians. So the agenda to destroy Christianity and traditional values in America, it's clearly working. Urban governments openly sanction public displays of perversion and debauchery, while traditional religious displays, once celebrated in our culture, are now spit on. So the typical profile of a homesteader is someone seeking freedom, independence, self-sufficiency, peace, and in many ways a return to those beautiful values and traditions that were once the cornerstones of America— an America that is all but lost if you live in a major metropolitan area. Whether you are moving onto a rural piece of land and remote piece of property or merely setting up a suburban or exurban modern homestead, one of the easiest things you can do to claim your independence is to start growing medicinal plants. And I really want to speak to this for a minute because I think this is such an easy way for people to get started on that journey to self-sufficiency. Planting a medicinal garden is just just a fantastic first step to becoming more self-reliant. And as you study the benefits of herbs, you will find yourself wanting to rely less and less on big pharmaceutical corporations and their toxic drugs and more and more on the bounty of nature. Planting and growing herbs is very easily done if you have the right soil, sun, and water conditions. It is not nearly as challenging as raising your own food or managing livestock. So it's really a good place to start if you're searching for ways to become more self-sufficient. Medicinal herbs can be used in a couple major ways that you should learn how to exploit. Now, of course, the most obvious thing is in your own cooking, because they'll add some incredible flavors, as well as providing you with health benefits but there's also the use of making tinctures or health tonics from them. Tinctures typically use alcohol as a solvent to draw out the medicinal properties of a plant. And these tinctures can be powerful antibiotics or antivirals if you learn how to process and use them properly. I strongly recommend that everyone pick up the book, Herbal Antibiotics by Stephen Herod Buhner, B-U-H-N-E-R. This is an excellent book And it will teach you how to make so many tinctures, it will blow your mind. It will also tell you what they're good for treating. And each chapter on each herb has a a plethora of information about the conditions that these tinctures can treat. Health tonics are another great way to use herbs from your garden. And master tonic is one of my favorites. I generally make this about four times per year and use it as needed as we're going into cold and flu season. And I just want to tell you something, I never get the flu. I don't take the flu shot, but I haven't had the flu since the military forced me to take one a couple decades ago. So Master Tonic is a fantastic mixture that can treat the cold and flu or help prevent it, and it only has seven ingredients. All of these ingredients you can make or grow on your own. The first of which is apple cider vinegar. You can learn how to make apple cider vinegar on your own. And if you have your own apple tree, that's even better. But here are the seven ingredients. Apple cider vinegar, garlic, onion, hot peppers. I personally prefer Serrano peppers or habanero peppers, but you can use Anaheim or jalapeno or whatever horseradish root, ginger, and turmeric root. That's it. So here's what you do. You take a jar of at least one quart and fill that jar three quarters full with equal amounts of chopped garlic, onion, and hot peppers, chopped as finely as you can, and grated horseradish root, ginger root, and turmeric root. Then you just fill that jar up to the top with apple cider vinegar and close it tightly. You let this sit in a cool, dark place for two weeks while shaking the mixture once or twice per day, 30 seconds to a minute each time. And after two weeks, you just strain that mixture and squeeze out the remaining liquid, and you'll have a great antibacterial and antifungal tonic that you can use to help prevent or manage infections or colds. This stuff is, is like magic, I'm telling you. You really should try it. Typically, you would just take one or two tablespoons three to five times per day. I found this to be quite effective. And by the way, it also does make a great um, hot sauce similar to Tabasco that you can use on pizza or food or whatever. It's really It's really pretty tasty. Now, there are also some very easy plants that you can start growing, so let's talk about a few of them. Rosemary is probably one that is often overlooked, and I don't know why people go to the grocery store and spend $11 on a tiny little bottle of rosemary when you can grow a plant that will just renew itself forever. Rosemary has demonstrated anti-inflammatory, antiviral, and antibacterial properties, and is a powerful yeast infection fighter and candida fighter. It also helps to neutralize carcinogens and reduces the instances of tumors in mammary glands, as well as providing some muscle pain relief. Rosemary really grows pretty crazily like a weed, and it doesn't require much water or care, just a lot of sun and a little bit of water. Oregano. Oregano has strong antibacterial and antifungal properties as well. It is also anti-inflammatory and anti oxidant and antiparasitic and it has been proven to kill methicillin resistant staphylococcus aureus and i'll tell you this too oregano essential oil oregano oil um, something that you can pick up in the stores and health food stores or vitamin shops and it is fantastic for treating illnesses and infections then of course there's time Thyme is typically used to aid in respiratory and digestive issues and has demonstrated effectiveness in dealing with asthma and bronchitis and even whooping cough. And thyme also helps with parasites and fungal infections and kidney problems even. Then there's peppermint. Peppermint, you want to talk about a plant that grows like a weed. Peppermint is it. It has a powerful effect with respect to digestive issues and can help treat irritable bowel syndrome. Now, of course, peppermint tea is something you can easily make on your own, and it will definitely help you with your digestion. Juniper, <clears throat> juniper, like the juniper berries, uh, juniper berries are high in antioxidants, and they too are antibacterial and antifungal, and they can help with urinary tract infections. They also help with skin conditions like eczema, Ginger uh, is antibacterial and antifungal as well, and helps with nausea and digestion. And then there's echinacea. Echinacea can help prevent the common cold and flu. It helps boost the immune system, and if you're not allergic to ragweed, you can use echinacea. It also can be used to treat infections and snake bites and diphtheria and strep throat even. It's a pretty miraculous plant. Garlic, garlic can help with high blood pressure and is known to help prevent several different types of cancer. And then finally there's onion. Onion can help regulate your blood sugar and reduce inflammation while also serving as a natural antibiotic. So these are a few quite easy things that you can grow on your own. And there are a wealth of benefits to these herbs and plants and I've only listed a few. I strongly recommend you purchase that herbal antibiotics book I mentioned and see what was right for you and what can help you. Raising your own herb garden on your own rural or even urban homestead is a great step in the direction of self-sufficiency. So I hope everyone embraces this concept and starts to reduce their dependence on the institutions and the systems that so badly want us dependent on them. There are several books which will teach you how to use medicinal herbs. And of course, online resources are abundant as well. There are several YouTube channels that show experienced herbalists demonstrating their uses and ideas for these powerful natural medicines. I encourage you to start learning how to incorporate these wonderful herbs into your increasingly self-sufficient lifestyle, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And with that, I'll leave you with your quote of the day, and it comes from Henry David Thoreau. A man may esteem himself happy when that which is his food is also his medicine. Thank you, and good night.